How are you guys? My name is Jason. I am your host from the Social Skills uh, for Children podcast. And I'm actually joined today with Dr. Suki Stone. And you know my friend Melissa who is down there in the audience. I'm sorry, not audience, but <laughs> on the live stream. So thank you. Thank you so much, guys, for your love and patience. I'm so sorry. We had a little technical challenge. We were just trying to figure out a few settings. Uh, that's why we joined in a little late uh, for a few minutes. Okay, so I, I just want to start off uh, with today's uh, premise of the show. So today we're going to speak about friendship. And especially, you know, it's one of an important like, you know, skill which children really need to work on. And parents also need to support at the same time. So during this episode, we will cover how friendship helps children to develop an important life skill. Uh, like getting along with other people, sorting out conflicts and problems. And children with these skill set are less likely to have social as well as emotional difficulties later on in life. I'm going to actually start off with a very interesting quote which I found mm -hmm. online. The best things in life aren't things, they are friends. And I don't know who said this quote, but, you know, I found this online. So I want to actually, you know, give my, uh, give my, uh, you know, co-host the opportunity to introduce themselves. So let's actually start with Dr. Suki. So Dr. Suki, thank you so much uh, for accepting <laughs> our invitation to join this live stream. We are very, very honored and, and we are so blessed to have you here. Know, learn from you. And I know you're a literacy expert and you bring tons and tons <laughs> of knowledge in terms of your experience, you know, working with children as well as adults. So we, we want to be, uh, we, we are very happy and honored once again, you know, to have you here. So let's actually start off with a, an introduction. So I'm just going to maximize the screen so that the world can see you. And I just want you to tell us, uh, what do you do professionally? Uh, what is your expertise? And then we will go with Melissa. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I, specialized in literacy. Um, I created a literacy program based on a situation that I had with a child who was not able to read in any of the uh, purchased literacy uh, or reading programs. And I developed my own reading program so that children with dyslexia and adults with dyslexia can read in actually 14 sessions or less. And I'm here to eradicate illiteracy in this country. One child at a time, training teachers in my system. That is awesome. So guys, you know, <laughs> you know that, you know, we have an expert in our panel for today. Okay. And she's going to bring a lot of insights uh, <laughs> about social skills. So very, very happy and honored once again, Dr. Suki. Thank you so much for joining us on this live stream. Uh, if you want to reach out to Dr. Stone, I will have this information on the show notes. It's www.writerreadlead.org. Uh, you know, sometimes I have challenges with words. So, guys, you know, just look at the screen. You should be able to see her website. Uh, she is a literacy expert on a mission to teach children and adults with reading challenges. Please reach out to her if you guys need help. She has tons of information on our website you can refer to. Let's actually go with Melissa. You know who Melissa is, so, but you know I want to give Melissa uh, the opportunity to you know, speak about herself. So, Melissa, tell us who you are, what do you do, and what's happening. Hi. Well, thank you so much, Jason and Dr. Sufi Stone, for this show. You guys are both incredible. My name is Melissa Kent. I have 10 years teaching experience. I hold a master's degree in exceptional student education. 
I'm an educational consultant based in Clearwater, Florida. I help families who have children with special needs navigate the school system. And I also offer groups for children and adults. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. So guys, if you want to reach out to Melissa, you know, we have a phone number. She's a special needs advocate specializing in IEP and 504 plans. Uh, we also want to highlight one of the core reasons why we are actually doing this show is because social skills is a very important subject, not only for myself, also for Melissa, as well as Dr. Suki and many others who are actually watching the show. And social skill is not a skill just for children, by the way, guys. You know, it's also for adults. I'm here actually to learn and understand how I can apply these things to our life. So let's actually get on to our show. Okay, <laughs> let's get into our show. Okay, so let's actually talk about today's topic, social skill uh, for children. Friendship uh, is what we are trying to highlight and amplify. I'm going to start off with my first question. And guys, uh, just for the benefit of the audience, questions would pop up on your screen so that you know what point or what section we are speaking on. So according to you, Dr. Suki, based on your professional opinion, why early friendship for children it's so important. Can you give us uh, a special take on it? I, I believe very strongly that friendships are important, especially for children who have um, disabilities or uh, they don't have the social skills. Maybe they're an only child and they haven't had the opportunity to interact with any other children, even children in the neighborhood. So it's very, very important to get the um, relationships and to develop relationships. Nowadays, they call them, I, they call them, I, I guess, I don't remember the term, but um, I go way back. So I've been teaching for 50 years and um, it was just getting together. It was at a party or um, an event or they rode bicycles together. They did things together um, in the neighborhood and they were forming their relationships. But I, I remember now they call them play dates today. And it's really important for children to have an opportunity for a play date. My personal um, aspect on that is to start the child, if the child, especially if the child's an only child, but start the child with people that they know people that are familiar with, so neighbors that have children or people that they are comfortable with rather than just even um, in school picking people out because sometimes they shy away because they haven't had the experience. Awesome, awesome. I had no idea you were teaching for 50 years. That, that's, that's actually a really... I'm good for 100 right now, <laughs> but I am 75. Oh. <laughs> 50 years is a really long time, Melissa. I'm really shocked. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So let's actually hear from you, Melissa. What is your take? Why do you think early friendships are so important? What is your take on it based on your professional, uh, you know, opinion? Sure. I have to say I agree with everything Dr. Suki Stone said as well. I believe they're super important, especially when children are young, because that's when they're learning to interact with the world. They're learning to communicate. They're learning how to solve problems. So friendships provide that safe space and a sense of security for them. It also helps with their self-esteem and boosts confidence and helps them feel, you know, more competent in the things that they do in everyday situations. Absolutely. 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 I thank you for that. Uh, I, I totally agree uh, with you. Friendship, according to me, and 100% uh, I'm with both of you guys, it's an important part of a child's social and emotional development. Uh, it helps to build self-esteem and confidence in a child. And positive friendships, okay, I have noticed, and based on my research, you know, it kind of states the same thing. When you do, when you do have positive friendship, it can act like an entry barrier for bullying. When you do get bullied at school, okay, or outside school, 
you know it can act like an entry barrier because your friends would support you they would stop the bully from you know hampering you uh you know just i i think that's what it does so it it also i think i think early friendship also help you to understand the importance of uh being empathetic to an opposite person like right? be kind generous okay it also helps them to have a foundation wherein uh if there is a problem i think children would be more willing to resolve issues by you know because of that bond and 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 towards the later part of your life i i think you would require all these skills right especially when you work at a corporate culture i'm just saying not just corporate but you know you require these skills to ensure that you know uh, it's a smooth sailing process so i appreciate those insights guys you know let's actually move on to my next question now we know the importance of friendship okay but mm-hmm. how to help our children or kids to make friends you know i had uh, you know in my early stage in my life when i was really young i had no friends melissa and dr suki i had no i had no idea how to make friends so okay so so you know let let's actually take an opinion from dr suki stone what is your opinion dr suki stone well i think that children should be given an opportunity to be comfortable around people their age around people a little bit older a little bit younger so that there's an opportunity to maybe see what the neighborhood is like and i know a lot of things are changing now but um if the children become uh familiar if they get comfortable it's a lot easier to help them make friends with other people also i think and i didn't really have this at that time when i was younger either um uh because in my day uh of being little like 2 and 3 and 4 years old in preschool and in kindergarten i didn't walk so um i had a a friend uh who actually took a hold of my hand and helped me do things and the reason that was developed was because of the fact that um our families were friends and he was very kind and and um very caring for me but i think that we have to look at um how they themselves benefit from what they know and um i i think that it's really important to have that's a learning curve for for children to say that they can um contribute if they like to play um blocks if they're young or if they like to play house or if they like to do uh other kinds of activities or play sports um they need to be able to have a say in what they like and um so that they can find the commonalities with the other children that that they are creating friendships with thank you so much for that dr suki i totally agree with you so you have to be comfortable okay by by your surroundings and children within the neighborhood and you need to give yourself uh, permission to you know settle in you know enjoy the premises you know have a good time with those uh, children around and that's the best way to learn and it's the best way one of the best way how you can help yourself uh, to make some friends so let's actually hear from melissa I, you know what's your point of view how how to help children make friends well as a parent and as a former teacher i understand that kids learn from adults so whatever we kind of role model to them is kind of what they're going to pick up so as a teacher i always try to demonstrate appropriate social skills to them so they would learn it um as a parent i try to expose my kids to things in the community and i try to have um I actively participate in things so they see that that is healthy. Um it's so important that they learn from a young age that making friendships are very important and that needs to be 
taught to them. And I know it, it's hard, but parents can do several things to help their kids to help expose them to what friendship is and and what what why do we need friends, you know? So I think my kids have learned probably from my friends and my husband's friends because they come over and stuff. So just having the natural, healthy boundaries between me and having that, like kids need that role model. I agree 100%. So thank you so much for that answer. I appreciate that very, very much. So based on my uh, opinion and again, based on research, guys, okay, so... Friendship, according to me, is is a very important part of life. And I'm sure you guys have, you know, we established establish this, that friendship is required. Now, the thing which I would like to address uh, is that not every child would, would have the know-how of how to make good friends. Okay, some some children may, may not be that gifted as many others. You know, some may be a little slow, some may be a little too fast, some may be very over-friendly. So the children who are not really gifted I think it's okay uh, that, you know, they don't make friends that easily. You should not push them that, you know, please start socializing right away. It's okay because it's a skill which you can learn over time, right? It's not something that, you know, you will die if you don't learn it. You can just, it's a process, okay? And it's okay if the process is slow. So I feel, uh, you know, I, I feel some children may be way too nervous, okay? Just help them out. Okay, with a little effort, bravery, and I think with patience, I think eventually they would they would become friends. And maybe you can also put them in a certain social setting, as Dr. Suki said. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, put them around in a in a neighborhood so that they can mingle around, chit chat, do some gardening, playing. That can also help, you know, to make some uh, friends. So let's actually move on to my, uh, you know, fourth. Okay, my third question, actually, not fourth. <laughs> so, how, okay, how and where to find friendship opportunities for your child? You know, now this is specifically the question is specifically targeted towards parents. So, if the parents uh, were to ask themselves how I can help my child to find friends or opportunities to have friends, so let's actually hear from Dr. Suki. Uh, what is your opinion, Dr. Suki, on this? I think that um, one of the places that people develop friend, friendship is through their um, church or their synagogue or whatever kind of religious um, place that they go because there's usually uh, adult service and there's usually a children's service. And with the children's service being sort of separate, the um, pastor or the the um, person in, in charge would give the children opportunities to, and obviously it would be through religious doing, but to be able to get together and maybe um, have people in twos or threes and solve a problem or answer a question dealing with the Bible or something that has a religious uh um, foundation uh, otherwise and of course because of covid and other things that we're happening now um it's not as oh, broad broad as it was before um we were put down for covid but we met children parents met children in the library and there were usually which i love um children's stories were being read so it was story time and the parents would bring the children for story time well now one of the things that i hope to do is develop a story time on youtube channel so that they can actually whether it's live or whether they you know replay it that they actually have a way to get together and maybe the children in the neighborhood can get together and listen to a story um they definitely had story time in the libraries and i hope they bring them back but you have to find a place or or, you know the park but you have to find a place where you can take your children to actually meet other children rather than um kind of like create a a place for them and and uh, i think parents are at the um 
top of finding out what other parents are doing to have their their children create friendships with other children. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, Dr. Suki actually made some great points. Uh, mm -hmm. You can take services from church, uh, you know, from your pastor and a lo lot of other things also. Yes, I, I, I completely agree. What is your take on it? Uh, you know, Melissa, what do you feel uh, we can do? Let's hear from you. Sure, definitely. I love what Dr. Suki said about the library because that's definitely a great place. Um, I know around here in Florida, they are bringing story time back. So it's free and they have story time for children as young as six months old. And they do events for teens, youth. <clears throat> I also encourage parents to um, get their kids involved in sports. Usually the cities they live in will have a community where they have like a, a program where they can go and join the sports team like soccer, baseball, basketball. Um, also doing community service projects as a family will help your child make friends. Um, other clubs like Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, um, there's always other things places that people can go to make friends. And that's why I have my groups as well as like a place where kids can come and feel safe and parents know that I'm gonna take good care of them and teach them well. And um, so yes, I hope I answered your question. You did, you did, you, both of you guys actually did. Thank you. I, I, in fact, you know, I don't have to contribute anything. You covered most of the things. So, <laughs> so yeah, those are some of the things uh, which you can do. Uh, is that put them into situations, okay? And it's not necessary that your child would be interested in all outdoor activities. It could be indoor also. I think you can always find something which, you know, works with the child, right? You know, you just have to have this conversation. Okay, be friendly, communicate. The more you communicate, okay, the more you communicate. Uh, so, 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 Melissa, I think you have a hot mic. Okay, we can actually hear the desk noise. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. All right. So I was just saying uh, is that, yeah. Yeah. So just help your child out. Have this conversation. Be very open. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, introduce them to music, sports, scouting program, youth groups, book clubs, story time, library. Uh, parks, swimming pool, general play area, volunteering activities, community cleanup, or uh, or outdoor activities like, you know, soccer, baseball, basketball, whatever works out. These are good places wherein kids, are, you know, like, you know, group up, they interact, they chit chat, they have fun, they play. And all these things are just helping children uh, just to understand those social skills, you know, especially friendship, the importance of it. So let's actually move on to the next question. And this was very hard because where I was growing, growing up, okay, during my childhood days, if I reflect back, children with disabilities were made really fun of a lot, especially during my school days. Okay. And uh, so I wanted to actually address this. So how children with, with living with disabilities, how can they make friends? And while they are making friends, how can we avoid making fun of them. What is that we as parents can do to educate children without disability, right? Making them understand how to be respectful. So I know it's like a two-part question. So maybe you can address the first part, uh, how children living with disabilities, how, uh, you know, people can, how they can make friends. So let's actually hear Dr. Suki's point of view on this. This is a very interesting question that you present because I have a, a situation when I first started teaching and obviously I live myself with a disability so um, there were not opportunities for me because there just weren't but when I became a teacher I'm gonna try to shorten my my uh, story up but when I became a teacher in those days and I, I'm serious I have been teaching 50 years you taught everything so you taught PE and you taught art and you taught not just academics. And I, number one, could not do a lot of the physical education, 
but I was given training in my um, uh, university so that um, if I had to do it, I did it. And I was doing mostly um, like dodgeball or whatever, where they would throw a ball and then they would spell the, a child would give a spelling word and they would spell the word. And the children kind of complained, this was fourth grade. And I did have two children um, a very low intellectual. One was a Down syndrome child and the other was very, very low intellectually. But the children were saying, we want something sports wise. Well, you know, and then I would say like what? And they said, well, like basketball. Well, I knew basketball needed teams and I didn't think fast enough. And I just chose anybody as the team captain. And I noticed, uh, immediately that the two children with low uh, intellectual ability were the last ones picked. And I didn't like that. And so um, the next time they asked me, we didn't play basketball for a long time, but the next time they asked me to play basketball, they were really, really wanting, they hadn't played in a couple of weeks. And I said to them, I am going to pick the team captains. And what both of the team captains were the child with Down syndrome and the child with low intellect. And one of the things that I noticed, and I, they were raising their hands going, pick me, pick me. Well, all of these children wanted to be on their teams. So they were being, you know, like given an opportunity to have somebody care about, you know, being on their team. And after they played that day, my student that was gifted in my class came up to me and said, Miss Stone, will you do me a favor? The next time that we have an outing and we, we would go on little trips um, with the whole class. And I always w uh, was a partner with the children with um, disability. But this little boy came up to me and he said, I want to be with Brian and I wanna be his partner. And he was the child with Down syndrome. And I said, Ryan, how come? And he said, because when we were playing basketball, I learned that he liked my team. So he found something that this child could talk about. He found something that went above and beyond that child's disability. And I was really proud of myself because I had thought about you know, actually highlighting those children until, you know, the, the second time that we, we played. So I think that the kids need to be out there as part of the teams if they're doing things, but they need to be like what I said, like the, um, the people that are at the head of that so that they can be recognized to be on, uh, uh, for people to be on their team. That is a lovely story. I appreciate you sharing that. That is really, really cool. So, mm -hmm. what I want to ask you, Dr. Suki, is that, you know, you might be aware of gifted children's, right? Okay, so when I was actually doing research on gifted children's, gifted children's don't want to be associated to children's of their age because they just simply find them stupid. Okay, I'm so sorry, stupid may not be the right word, but you know, they feel that way, right? And they would prefer roaming around with an adult or somebody, you know, bigger in age. Okay, what would you say, how would those parents or how would those children would deal uh, with friendship? What you do is you help the kids actually shine by giving them an opportunity to be resources. So if they have a particular skill in something, you actually make them co-teachers. Um, and the other children have to come to them and they end up teaching. And I know just from living, just from my life, that when you teach something, to someone, you feel better, not just about yourself, but that you've given some skill that you know and, and you are really good at to somebody that has learned it for the first time. And if you make them resources, 
if you give them an opportunity to teach, you'll find that they will want to be part of their age-appropriate classmates because they are, I'm going to say, presented as a person that, ha that as a resource that knows something and that they can teach others. True, true, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And probably you can start off with like small goals, right? You know, ask, ask your children, your child that, you know, probably you can say hi to somebody who is very new. Some, you know, you know, just say hi, hello, how are you? You know, start with something very small, basic. And you can tell them, you know, just say hi to one person a day. Not too much. Okay, let, I want to really hear what Melissa has to say. So, Melissa, the focus is on you. Okay, mm -hmm. the question is very simple again. Children with disabilities, uh, disabilities can be physical, okay, or it can be a medical condition. Okay, so let's address that. And I and it can be also learning difficulties as well. And the second part would be gifted children. So let's actually hear from you. Sure. I want to say wow to that story, Dr. Suki. That is amazing. And yes, I loved her share. But yes, for children with disabilities, it can be very hard and frustrating to make friends because they do feel different. Uh, sometimes they're they're behind academically by several years so that can make them feel you know they don't want to talk because they don't want to be asked a question that they don't know the answer to so what i always did in my classroom was promoting inclusion uh, which is everyone is welcome here and Finding kids that have common interests, kind of like what Dr. Suki said, you know, if there's a kid who has a learning disability and then you have a gifted child who is, is eons above the other peers, partnering them up and finding common interests usually does help them to uh, develop friendships. And it's important to respect if a child is shy. It's important if a child says, I don't want to talk right now, or, you know, I am always respectful if a kid says, I don't want to work with a friend right now. As important as to teach them to be friends, it's also important to respect how they're feeling and understand where they are at and where they're coming from as well. I, I totally agree. You should not force a child to do something which he or she does not like to do that just makes them even more defensive especially you know when they when we speak about parenting right we have to be respectful uh to these young lads and we have to show affection and uh, we, it's a process it takes time i like the fact of what you spoke about uh, the shy children yeah i really admire that because i was a shy child just my by myself and uh, my I was shy, okay, and I was forced to just study, okay? So there was nothing called as play. I was just forced to be home and study. My mom uh, and my dad were very competitive during that time so, because they, they, you know, they evaluated your marks and your grades uh, as a foundation to your success. You know, that's more how at least my parents were during my time so it has it had my effect so and and they didn't teach me all these skills i think i eventually acquired these skills so my question next is in the event if you are a late boomer okay when i say a late boomer that you know you don't acquire the skills how does that affect you in the long run like you know what really happens do you think uh, eventually they do turn out to be good or does it uh, do you think at an early adoption would make sense? I actually want to hear Dr. Suki's opinion on that. <laughs> Thank you. This this is kind of a, a very interesting question because um, I believe that we all learn at our own pace. And sometimes it takes someone else to teach us, not necessarily the teacher that's assigned to us or sometimes we actually can learn from a child. But that the other part of that is that um, 
children at certain ages may not be mature enough to uh, kind of like uh, understand the concept or be able to make the um, transition with that concept to learn something else. And it might be developmental. It might be maturity. It might be um, a number of different things that happen to kids. And so even children with the same age, they're not going to develop at the same time. And that doesn't mean that later in life they can't have those concepts or that they can't learn those concepts. It's a matter of waiting until it's their time to do it. And, um, and sometimes the, the children have to have some, maybe some counseling if it's uh, an emotional thing. Um, and then with that, that counseling, they learn and they can learn from the counselor. The counselor can do role play. I love role play with my children. I mean, I did an opportunity with my um, special ed kids where I made one of the children the teacher because they had so much knowledge about the topic. And, um, and then kids would ask me, oh, can I teach this or can I teach that? But, but I think it, it is based on maturity as well as the skill level. But that doesn't mean they can't learn it later in their life. That's a lovely answer. I appreciate you sharing that, Dr. Suki. Yes, you can learn this later on in life. You just have to be patient. Okay, and a lot of things which you can learn from a child also, you know, as they transition and as you progress. And, and uh, you correctly said, you know, it could be maturity. Uh, it could be development, developmental. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100% on this. Great answer, you know. I really appreciate that, uh, you know, Dr. Stone. So, Melissa, what is your take? What, what do you feel? Do you have any thoughts on that? Sure. I love Dr. Suki share. So, yes, it kind of definitely affects their self-esteem if they're, if they're super shy and they don't have any friends. And it can definitely make them feel different. Um, but like Dr. Suki said, there are resources out there like therapists. There's people like me, educational consultants, who help families and kids who are going through situations where the parents sometimes don't know what to do. For example, I had this client where the child just did not talk at all to nobody, just the parents. Uh, the da their daughter would not talk in school, barely had any friends. It turns out that this little girl had something called selective mutism, which is a severe anxiety disorder where they literally freeze up and they they're so anxious that they can't they can't talk so just like what dr suki said getting that professional help and having professional guidance help families through the process because it's not easy um yes it's it's super important i agree 100 percent. i have never really heard of that term melissa <laughs> It's, so, yeah, selective mutism. It, it's not very common, but uh, about 2 to 3% of kiddos do have it. It's a severe social anxiety. Thank you so much I, for update. Yeah, go ahead, Dr. I was going to appreciate that. I was not aware. Yeah, I mean, you, you learn at even my age. I wasn't aware of that. But I knew about the children that uh, were called like, their muteism was deliberate. They chose not to talk. That, that I had no idea that there were other parts to that. And I really appreciate your share, Melissa, everything that you've said. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Melissa, you are awesome. I just want to give, a, you know, a shout out to Melissa, guys. I have met Melissa, uh, you know, close to a year back. Okay. And I have learned so much about education okay social skills uh, about children okay i'm positive and even about parenting i'm positive i can apply a lot of this knowledge just to my personal life 
and uh, you know and probably be a great parent one day <laughs> so so melissa i love you for that you know you are awesome you are like a family to me so thank you so much my sis uh in a love you for that and thank you so much dr suki you know for giving your professional perspective i think you know we guys should actually do this more often you know have more uh, interesting conversation uh, about this so i want to actually give uh, dr suki the opportunity uh, to go ahead and promote herself uh, so could you tell us what's happening uh, with your business any promotions special offers which you like to promote during my show feel free please that that's very kind of you to do uh i've been in education like i said for over 50 years and uh i i received my doctorate degree in 1992 um wanting to do something at the university level and found out that i really was better as an entrepreneur and i taught uh uh of uh, someone here in San Diego their grandchild and two of their grandchildren's uh, uh friends and they were housed in an emotionally um setting where they they were in special ed for emotional uh disabilities and he said to me I need to make you a nonprofit and you need to be out there to reach as many children as you can. So what happened to me is I devised my entrepreneurship so that um I would collaborate with businesses as well as other nonprofits. And I'm looking for people either within the church or within uh opportunities for children and adults because I do teach adults to to read and the goal is to actually teach the program to another teacher to have master teachers throughout the country and be working in these nonprofits or for business so like I was talking to the bank people and I said maybe they want to offer literacy is a health benefit for their employees and part of that would be actually training a teacher and so that i'm able to leave a legacy and wanting donations because i'm nonprofit so uh, obviously uh tax deductible donations are wonderfully um accepted i'm going to have something called uh, wow which is uh right on wednesday Uh, on my website mm -hmm. and if you have my website up it's right read lead and the reason for that is the children write before they actually read and once they develop their skills which is 14 days or less then they can lead and then they can fulfill their dreams so um you can uh contact me through the website um my uh email is drstone at writereadlead.org if you want to um write me i also have a magazine that's out called write read lead and i'm sending jason i should send it to you even though you are in um uh india i should find out what the postage is for that <laughs> but melissa i think the i think the digital version should be okay uh, dr oh, okay <laughs> I can do that. I can because I have your email. But Melissa's getting actual physical and I've got some really nice compliments on it and I'm really proud of it and I would love to get any kind of feedback from that. But it it's finding really someone who is a benefactor who really says, you know, I love what you do. I want to help these children. I want to help these adults. And I must share with you in some of the nonprofits One of the reasons that they can't help their children with school is because the um adults have limited reading skills. They read, but they don't read proficiently. And I would then help these adults read and get them to a point where their resumes are put together and that they actually find jobs that they're passionate about. so that they want to work and want to be within 
So uh, I'm very um, appreciative that you've given me this opportunity to, to do that. Hopefully I'll get some people that um, will give me some feedback and I really appreciate that, Jason, very, very much. And no problem. Thank you so much for that, Dr. Suki. I want to give Melissa the opportunity uh, to promote herself and tell us what's happening, Melissa. Uh, yeah, what's happening and uh, what are you up to? I know social skills is going on. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. So guys, if you're unaware, uh, we are actually doing a social skill crash course. We started on June the 11th. A lot of people are actually taking advantage of it. If you have a child, if you're in Clearwater, Florida, please reach out to Melissa on the number which I have listed. She will give you all the specifics as to uh, what the course includes, how the week is going to be structured. You know, she's awesome. You know, I'm, I'm positive, you know, your mm -hmm. child is going to really be happy after meeting Melissa. So, Melissa, tell us what else is happening or is this the only thing? Oh, well, thank you so much for your kind words. Now, just like you said, I have a six-week ongoing crash summer course for students. Uh, we happily accommodate any ages. Additionally, we I am starting groups for adults um, where we're going to focus on mindfulness, making friends, um, setting intentions. So I am just super excited and I just love serving the community and, and leaving a positive impact. Absolutely. Absolutely, guys. You know, you should uh, please stay in touch with Melissa. Okay. I would have most of the links on the description so that you can reach out to her. And uh, and what I also want to say is that, you know, probably in the near future, we would have more shows uh, with regards to topics like autism. Okay. More on social skills, more on parenting. Uh, I'm thinking what are the other topics we can cover? Uh, you know, Melissa, what else? I don't know. I'm just thinking. Uh, I was thinking like reading skills, because uh, school is coming up, homework help, how to um, acclimate your child back to school, because school will be starting soon. So like you said, parenting skills and other topics, definitely open yeah, to discuss. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The information which we are putting out there, you know, we have honest intentions, guys. You know, we all have gone through something or the other. Okay, even though we may not express or say it, but during our childhood, we may have experienced something. Okay, and we are just trying to bring some of those core components to light, you know, through our or through our shows, through this podcast or video podcast, whatever you want to call this. So the idea is to just create more awareness. Please utilize the information which we are providing you and apply it on your life. So that my conclusion is actually, you know, from today's show is that no matter you know you can teach uh you know children do this do that okay at the same time i feel you should also okay. teach them how to be a good friend that's what i feel you know we can explain to everybody you know uh you know you did do this to you know acquire friendship but you also need to let them know that what are the qualities you need to have to be a good friend you know how to be honest to your friend uh, how to do things a certain way, how to be ethical, uh, you know. I, I think you, you get the idea, right, what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, you have to practice what you preach, right? <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm going to actually take some uh, final thoughts uh, from Dr. Stone and you, Melissa, and we're going to wrap this up. And we're going to play that song and we're going to chill. <laughs> so, okay, let's well, hear from Dr. Stone. I just want to thank you so, so much. I've had so much fun. M Melissa, you are so brilliant. And you you give such a, a different aspect to the way that parents and children, ha you know, as social beings are going to benefit. And I am um, going to reinforce the fact that um, – you can make a, such a difference in your child's health as well as their emotional well-being by attending Melissa's class. So I'm mm -hmm. going to say if you're anywhere near Clearwater, 
uh, I would recommend that. And um, that, and I just thank you for the opportunity. Um, I have some shortcuts later on if you want to bring me back at some point. Um, I, I also, I, I like to tell parents that I teach their children how to legitimately cheat. <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. We will try to have you, uh, you know, as much as we can, uh, Dr. Stone. I just wanted to amplify, you know, guys, if you are into the education space, okay, if you, you know, like Dr. Stone or Melissa, if you want to be a guest on our show, I have the link listed. Just click on it. Just send us, send me a request. We should be able to, you know, do a pre-interview and get you on board. I, I also want to say that, you know, you can actually support uh, our podcast as well so when i say support uh if you i have my paypal link up okay for the social skills for children podcast your donation will be used towards procuring better equipment copyright free music licenses pay for podcast hosting marketing branding distribution cloud storage web maintenance bandwidth allocation video streaming services audio video production etc so the list goes on and on so if you feel the content makes sense, okay, even a cup of coffee would make a, a sizable difference in our life. It's going to just help us to reduce some of the anxiety we go through while producing these kind of shows. So that's how you can support. Another way how you can support me uh, is by actually hiring me. So I am a corporate identity designer. That's what I specialize in. Okay, some of the visuals and artworks which you see, you know, those have been designed by me for the podcast uh, for Melissa. So if you like the flavor, if you like how, you know, we use illustrations to pass on a very simple message uh, to communicate very effectively, uh, please reach out to me. Uh, you know, I have my email address and my up. So, yeah, my, my email address is imjdesignsco at the rate gmail.com. You should be able to find it on my website. My website link is also up. Don't hesitate to say hello. Please do not hesitate to say hello to any of us, not just myself. Say hello to Dr. Stone. Say hello to Melissa. There is no harm in communicating with one another. You know, that's how relationship happens. You know, that's how we meet and interact with new people. You may have a silly question. There is no harm in just reaching out. And just asking, like, you know, what do you think? Nobody is going to judge you. I have never judged people. So, yeah. So, um, um, today, you know, we had a fun show. We really had a mm -hmm. fun show. And uh, we will wrap this up. Do you have any final thoughts, Melissa, before we wrap it up? I just want to say thank you so much. And thank you to all the listeners. And thank you, Dr. Suki Stone. Your input is very valuable you were just dropping so much information. I really appreciate your wealth of knowledge. That is so cool, Dr. Stone. We would love to have you again. And uh, thank you so much. Guys, you know, if you're listening in, please, please do not forget to subscribe, like, share, whatever those good stuff are. <laughs> Thank you.